Hello, all you lovely traumatized humans. Why am I whispering? Does it feel gross or does it feel good? Let me know. I guess where I am. Okay, number one, I am somewhere in Virginia, the other coast, the worst coast in my humble opinion, but um, who am I to talk? I'm not here that much. This is my third time in Virginia since I started this job in March. And so, um, you know, I'm really racking up the Delta miles and stuff. It's been great. I'm here for internal sales meetings. So people think the salespeople talk a lot. And we do. We talk all day and we listen all day. And it's a little bit like emotionally exhausting, honestly, to listen to all you fuckers say words I don't care about. But if you get a bunch of salespeople together all in one place, what do we do? We talk. We talk a lot. We like to hear the sound of our own voices. And we talk and then we pretend to listen to the other people talking, but really we just want to hear ourselves talk. So um, what happens is not that much gets done. I'm joking. I'm joking. We're doing so many good things. Okay. Today we're going to talk this very, very um, enlightening and uplifting topic of death and dying and falling in love. So I had a dream the other night that my cat died and I was gone traveling and I had returned home to find his tiny little body like cold and hard. It was really awful because I love that cat more than life itself, but my cat is not dead. He's sitting next to me as I write this, his perfect tawny head resting against my knee. I obviously wrote this before I came to Virginia. Sometimes I also dream about my boyfriend dying and I wake up in cold sweats and I kind of like sit up to see if he's still there. Sometimes when my cat is asleep, I stare at his like furry white belly to see if it's moving. I just want to see the rise and fall of his breath. I want to know that he's still here. I just want to be sure. My therapist called this anxiety, but I don't feel anxious. I feel sad and curious and a little bit amazed. Death is one thing none of us have a solid grasp on. It's the one great unknown that also serves as the one great equalizer. When you love someone and they die, who is to say what happens to all that love? It's still there, I'm sure of that, but it has nowhere to land, no hard, tangible thing to grasp onto. Maybe the love dwindles over time. Maybe we repurpose it and give it to someone or something else. Maybe we slowly forget and subsequently feel bad for forgetting. Death is scary and loss is scary, and there is no loss more final than death. The reality of an end is just as uncomfortable as it is obvious, but nobody thinks about the end at the beginning. Nobody thinks about the end until they're close enough to it that it becomes undeniable. Sometimes I dread the end of the book because it provides such a sweet, delicious escape that I can hardly bear to give it up. I spend weeks and months sometimes searching for another book that's just as good as the last, just as sweet, just as delicious. We aren't just scared of death, though. Many of us, most of us, are also scared of love. And love is scary for a million reasons, but the largest... I think, is the possibility of it ending, the inevitability of it ending, rather, and the dozens of ways it might hurt. Sigmund Freud said that dogs love their friends and bite their enemies, quite unlike people who are incapable of pure love and always have to mix love and hate. Pure love is what we all want and probably why we love our pets so much. Pure love might also be something that we don't really think we deserve, and the feeling undeserving is why people despise their spouses or kick their dogs or yell at their kids. Death is scary, sure, and so is love, but while one is final, the other might just last forever. I don't think that love, especially the pure dog love, can ever really end. 
Maybe love is something we give each other and pass along from generation to generation. Maybe it bends and folds and changes shape and changes color, but it's always there because we'd be nothing without it. I learned from the Sioux writer Charles Eastman that nothing can live without death and that learning from those who came before us is the best way to re-enter the past. Children remind adults not only to be curious and innocent and joyful, but children also remind adults that life does not revolve around us. Children are new, and there's nothing quite like newness to make one feel older and hopefully wiser. There's nothing quite like watching a new beginning to make you more aware of your own eventual demise. My cat is still resting against my knee, so I tell him I love him. I love you, buddy, I say. He looks up and meows soundlessly, as if to say, I love you too. Maybe he does, or maybe he doesn't know what love means, where it all goes, or what it means to end. The things I linked are <clears throat> the following. The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. It's all about death. You should read it. It's a classic. It's so good. Um, and then I also linked an article about people who died and came back to life. I don't know if they really died because if they were really dead, they wouldn't have come back to life. Or read Because I Could Not Stop for Death by Emily Dickinson. Maybe I should read that to you right now. Hold the phone. I'm typing it into my browser because I <laughs> could <laughs> not stop for death. If the internet knows that you searched for something and then you go back to it and now says, resume your journey with a nice question mark. So this is, this is how it goes. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. The carriage held but just ourselves and immortality. We drove, we slowly drove. He knew no haste, and I had put away my labor and my leisure too for his civility. We passed the school where children strove at recess in the ring. We passed the fields of, graze, of gazing grain. We passed the setting sun. Or rather, he passed us. The dews drew quivering and chill, for only gossamer, my gown, my tippet, only tulle. We passed before a house that seemed a swelling of the ground. The roof was scarcely visible, the cornice in the ground. Since then, tis centuries, and yet, feel shorter than the day. I first surmised the horses' heads were toward, were toward eternity. Were toward. That was hard to say. Were toward. Because it sounded like a whole different word in its own. Wetwit. 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 Eternity. I love you all. Goodbye.